Hello. One today for you guys. Today's May fourth, a month and a close to a month and a couple weeks into the season. As you can see, we have a new guest on today. A uh, special opportunity to listen uh, and hear from Max Goodman from NJ Advanced Media. He is has been covering the Yankees for a couple of years now. Has history in uh, covering the Yankees and is has now has acquired a big job this year. So. Max, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, and thanks for having thanks for having you on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited. Appreciate it. So, uh, I, I'm. I mean, it's pretty obvious that uh, I'm guessing you could tell that I'm a Yankees fan. And <laughs> uh, so, let's just get right off the bat. Uh, obviously, the Yankees haven't gone off on the right foot as most as expected, and you know we're sitting in last place, two games over 500. We got a 678 OPS. We are tenth in home runs, thirty nine home runs, and a couple of days ago, Max, I'm sure you're aware, uh, Cashman was talking was talking about how he couldn't have positioned the Yankees any better of the offseason than he did. You know, he made he obviously real world in uh, real in Rodon. He didn't make that many additions offensively, but he did get the Rodon was obviously a big name judge and all the other small minor contracts that he made. And he was talking about how he pursued a couple of infielders over the offseason. And, you know, considering the circumstances and the long list of injuries that the Yankees have uh, coped with since the year started, do you think that Cashman could have made any more moves uh, depth-wise to, you know, kind of bolster their lineup and uh, at least offense to kind of, you know, get the right pieces? Because we see the injuries are, are persisting. And things are working out. Sure. Well, I was there for for Cashman's presser, hearing from him, and I do think that this team is regretting maybe the the moves that they didn't make this winter, specifically with the offense, like you were talking about. I think you look at uh, the second half of last season and and into the postseason. That was a team that did not have as good of an offense as they needed in order to beat the Astros, in order to stay as good as they were in the first half. And they were just being carried by Aaron Judge, who was having a historically good year. He's a very good player, but to hit 62 home runs, one of the best single seasons in in baseball history, that's not necessarily something that's sustainable. So I was a little surprised that they didn't add specifically in left field, you know, running out with with Oswaldo Cabrera, who's better served in a utility role, as well as Aaron Hicks, who's probably better served at this point on a different team, at least not with the Yankees. Um, it just hasn't been working out. He, he was, you know, pretty solid earlier in his career, but it's just it, it's not a great fit anymore. I think that they would have definitely benefited from sort of like a Benintendi type player. I think they they benefited from not bringing Benintendi back, looking at his metrics with how he's been uh, performing with the White Sox. That's a that's a big contract that Chicago gave him 75 million over five years. But to not get better in terms of contact to not add anyone else other than bringing Rizzo and bringing judge back on offense. That's really relying on the internal depth that maybe wasn't there. And you, you kind of hinted at that earlier, you know, you're, you're entrusting the the shortstop position of Volpe, but you got to be patient with him. You're sometimes bringing Peraza up. He's not in the lineup every day. He still has development that he needs to have. And, and I mentioned Cabrera early there too. So that's why you're seeing guys like Franchi Cordero and, and Willie Calhoun and Jake Bowers get playing time because you mix in the injuries and the moves that they didn't make. They're they're relying on 
you know, some big league veterans that are trying to revitalize their careers at this point, you know, not necessarily going through scraps, but that that's, that's just who's available for them. And Cashman was talking about how uh, there, there aren't many trades to be made this early in the year. Like maybe they'll be active on the trade market closer to the deadline, but it's only May 4th. Teams aren't necessarily ready to trade away their good players because who knows if you're going to contend, even the Cardinals could turn their season around as much as they've been, been awful. And, and one of the worst teams in the, in the league so far. So it's very early, but I think that that's the biggest flaw with this club right now beyond the injuries. It's just how far is this offense going to take them if Judge doesn't go nuclear again this year? So I actually have, I have two uh, corresponding questions to follow up uh, what you're talking about, Max. Um, we're obviously talking about, you know, the struggles with the Yankees offense and how they didn't make, they did you know, they didn't better their lineup. And now they're left without Judge, left without Stanton for a, the next couple of weeks until they return. So I kind of have just go back on Peraza and Volpe. You know, obviously Volpe kind of skipped AAA. He had a small sample size in AAA. And, you know, fans were talking like, hey, this guy didn't really get time in AAA. Should, because, should we be concerned about that? And obviously that has a bit of concern. You know, it's early, like we were saying, Max. And, you know, he does have those 10 steals. He has three homers. And 96 WRC plus, but you know, does my question is, do you think Praza and Volpe can stick at the major league level? Because you know, like you were saying, Praza has kind of been up and down, and you like we're saying he has some development to do, uh, at least until he becomes a full time major leaguer. And both of these guys are, are expected to be the Yankees' future up the middle, second and short, depending on where they go. And you know, once Donaldson returns, Praza doesn't really have a spot, so. Do you think they, they can sustain, you know, games at the major level? Obviously, Volpe uh, was on the opening roster, but do you think that will stick for us this season? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll go one by one but with the two of them. By promoting Volpe to start the year, I think, barring some sort of massive slump, he's going to be the shortstop for the season. Uh, and he's, as much as he did kind of start a little bit cold offensively, he's showing that he's a five-tool guy. I've said in other interviews that he is a six-tool player because of how he interacts with the media and how mature he is beyond his years. He's only 22 years old. And like you said, he really didn't play in AAA too much. So he does have a lot of room for growth. And the fact that he's already playing this well, showing the defensive skills, showing the elite plus base running skills, he's 10 for 10 on steals. And that's exactly what you want from from the leadoff spot. And I think the offense is going to come. He's making the adjustment to to seeing big league pitching on a daily basis and working in this lineup that there's even more pressure right now because the rest of the lineup isn't producing. So when you factor that in, the the peak Yankees version maybe wouldn't need Volpe to be a 300 guy uh, hitting 30 home runs. Maybe that's his ceiling, but otherwise they wouldn't need that right now. Right now they kind of do because of all the injuries and, and the way that the team has been struggling to score runs. So I think over these last couple of weeks, he's shown that potential, and I think it's only going to get better for him over the, the peaks and valleys of a very long season. Peraza is, is an interesting case, though, because shortstop is is occupied, unless they were to you know, change gears and, and put Peraza at short. Uh, it seems like Volpe's going to be their guy going forward. So where does Peraza fit in? Like you said, when Donaldson comes back, it seems like he'll be playing third. LeMahieu plays third and second. Glaber plays second. So there really aren't that many places for him at the big league level. And I think that's why Cashman hinted at the fact that he would have made a trade using the Yankees' surplus 
of infielders to maybe offload one of those guys if possible. Probably Torres. I think he has the best trade value if, if someone were to get traded. Um, and that would have opened a spot in theory for Peraza to play up the middle, which is where he's best suited and where he's been uh, getting better throughout the minor league. So I'm not sure what the plan for him is long term. I guess ideally you could have him and Volpe at, at second base and, and shortstop respectively. Maybe you make some switches along the way. But in the short term, I just don't see how Peraza is going to be fitting into the lineup on a day to day, whereas Volpe is going to be, you know, penciled in in the leadoff spot pretty much on a daily basis for the rest of this year, it certainly seems. So I, I kind of wanted to uh, transfer to the Yankees uh, rotation. And you know, obviously they're short staffed with Rodon, Cortez, Montas, and Sevi out. And obviously Montas is likely to miss the bulk of uh, this year's season. And, you know, I, I, I saw that earlier today that, you know, Sevi, his uh, his start and his rehab assignment was pushed back a little bit. And Nestor is sick. He's got a, a strep. So just before I, you know, I ask a question, uh, are there any updates on them? Nothing new on those two. Uh, Severino is throwing a live session at either Steinbrenner Field or Himes, which is the minor league facility down in Tampa. Uh, on Friday, if I remember correctly, it's 45 pitches for him. So he's very much at the beginning of his ramp up in terms of getting back from the injured list, from the the lat strain that he sustained at the very end of spring training. Obviously, he hasn't pitched this year. Rodon hasn't pitched yet this year. Like you said, Montas will be out for, for the majority of the season. But Nestor, it's a very minor thing. He had strep throat. They just wanted to give him a couple extra days uh, to recuperate because he was under the weather. So he'll pitch on Monday against the Athletics. And then he'll be able to start against the Rays next week when they come up to the stadium. So it was either it was either facing them in Tampa, which he was originally scheduled to do, but now he'll face them at the end of next week. And you know what? Once the Yankees get into full strength rotation-wise, and once they got Cole, once they got Rodon, Sevi, and the other two guys, Herman, and obviously, and obviously uh, everyone else. So do. Obviously, with her, you got the Schmidt, you got Herman, and then you got Brito. So those have kind of been the three guys that are the Yankees are kind of uh, Boone is kind of mixing and matching. You know, Herman had a had a nice outing against Cleveland. He threw eight in the third before it got pulled, which obviously uh, many questioned uh, Boone's when they took him out, and that that was kind of a big question mark. And you know, we got Schmidt. Who has been solid, but he's had some. He got he has some rough starts. Uh, actually, went out to the state. I saw the game. I went to went, went out to the game last night. Saw him pitch. Uh, he pitched over a solid overall. And Breeders obviously a younger arm who still needs some some developing, kind of polish polish uh, his stuff up. And you know, obviously, mold him into a well well rounded, uh, you know, fourth fifth rotation arm. So once once the Yankees get full strength and once everyone is back and they have that five more rotation. Will we see Herman Schmidt or Brito? Ooh, I think that Herman is probably the favorite to get that number five spot. I think that's what the case was going to be entering spring training before Rodon and Severino went down. Uh, Brito was more so the like first guy from AAA in terms of depth because the Yankees used so many of their pitching prospects at the top levels in the minor leagues the last year's trade deadline. So they don't have a Ken Waldachuk or a Hayden Wesneski, those guys to use. Brito is their guy. I think Randy Vasquez might uh, be another one that we, we could potentially see later this year. But 
it, this is great experience for him to be pitching at the big league level right now. I think he'd probably be the first one to go down, if not Clark Schmidt, who, like you said, has has struggled. I'd say quite a bit. I think is fair to say uh, the ERA is is uh, is tough to look at, but the the potential is there for for him as well. Obviously, he's had a couple of years of experience uh, pitching in the big leagues now too. So I think that what you saw against Cleveland from Herman is obviously the ceiling for for him or, or any pitcher. That was an insanely good outing from him. But he's a he's a guy who won 19 games or, or 18 games, whatever it was in in 2019. I think it was, and and. You want that veteran experience, a guy you can count on at the, the back end of your rotation. I don't think you can really expect Montas to come back and be productive. That would obviously be be great for this team if you could get the the ace caliber starter that they traded for. But yeah, when when this health, when this rotation is healthy, you've got Cole at the top who might win a Cy Young award. He's been in very, very good so far this year. Someone you can rely on every five days. Nestor building on the all-star campaign last year was great up until that start in Texas. Uh, so we'll see if that was a fluke. Obviously, maybe the the strep throat factored into that for him. And then Rodon and and Severino are are injury prone pitchers, but they've gotten Cy Young Award votes. Like they've been very good ace caliber starters previously in their careers as well. So the ceiling of this rotation is one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. But they've got to get healthy, and and you want to make sure that you're not relying too much on on guys like Garrett Cole because. He clearly never gets hurt, but you want to make sure that you're not using your bullpen too much. You're not relying on him too much because it's a very long season. Yeah, just talking about the bullpen, I kind of would just go right into that. So it seems like Matt Blake has some sort of magic that he works, you know, with with reclamation with uh, reclamation projects, especially you know in the bullpen. And we're seeing guys like Ian Hamilton, who obviously had extensive repairs on his face to to repair his jaw, and that's. It's kind of been rougher in the past couple of years, but he's been he's looked really good uh, since the year started. He's got a 1.56 ERA, and you know he's definitely one of the the more dominant pitchers right now in the Yankees bullpen, and that's definitely that's definitely something to take note of because you know the Yankees have always been one of the better bullpens in the game. And, you know, obviously right now they're a top three bullpen in baseball and having just two more guys, you know, with Loisaga out and with Lou Trevino out missing the whole season with Tommy John, it's pretty critical that they have a couple guys step up. And we're seeing Jimmy Cordero, a guy who had a five-year way last year and kind of has kind of fished his way around the league, skipping around from team to team. Uh, hasn't really settled on one team, but he's got a sub three RA right now, two point three eight RA through eleven innings. So is there something about Blake? Obviously, he's had history as one of the better pitching coaches in the game, but the Yankees seem to always attract reclamation projects and always seem to mold, you know, dynamic relievers. So is there something about Blake, or is it just how the Yankees run their bullpen systems that, you know, that they excel at reclamation projects and having sustaining one of the top three bullpens in the, in baseball. Right. I think it's a mix of, of everything. I think Blake does a good job. I think it's the entire pitching department within the organization. Cause you see it all the way to the low levels of the minors. They are bringing the best out of pitchers, whether it's your top prospects and your aces, like, like Eric Cole at, at the big league level, or it's uh, Lucas Litke or, you know, Clay Holmes and Wandy Peralta weren't, this good with their previous teams. I think that the Yankees have a tremendous track record in recent history in terms of, like I said, bringing the best 
out of these guys. And, and Hamilton and Cordero, like you mentioned, are the latest cases of that. And you mix those two guys eating up innings. Even Albert Abreu has been all right so far this year. You mix those, I want to say, you know, unsung heroes, I guess you could, lesser known names, at least heading into the season with this fan base. You mix that with Michael King, Ron Marinaccio, Wandy. Clay Holmes is obviously a, a contentious name at this point, but when he's right, he's one of the best relievers in the league. And that's that's how this team is going to overcome the loss of of Jonathan Wysaga for at least the next several months. Losing Lutrevino for the year is a is a blow, as well as Scott Efros and you know Luis Heel also had Tommy John recently as well. So for them to have a I don't I think it was the best bullpen ERA in the league last time I checked. Maybe it's top three at this point. I haven't looked during the off day today. Uh, but it's pretty remarkable. And I think that you would see their record be a lot worse right now if the bullpen wasn't as good as it's been through their first, you know, 30 plus games. But again, it's it's a long season. You got to figure out how you can sustain that because these relievers can only throw so many games. You got to make sure your rotation is going deep into games. You got to make sure your offense is firing on all cylinders so that when these guys are coming in from the bullpen every day, it's not all high stress situations. So uh I know I, I keep saying that with every answer, but it, it is a long season. I think that's why uh, it's sometimes a little silly how the fan base can go to the you know doomsday situation uh, this early in the year, as much as it has been subpar. You know, this team needs a lot of work, but there's you know 130 games left. I think that you can you can be a little patient with with the product that we're seeing right now. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with you. You know, we've we've been Yankees fans long enough, you know, to know that getting off on the right foot and or getting off, not even getting off the right foot, mean can mean totally different things sixty games later. And you know, teams, especially the Yankees, who you know they're one of the teams that have you know they have a big team, Judge, Stanton, and they're they're big guys. And obviously, those are MVP caliber caliber players that you need to you know carry the offense and once they're hurt and if you don't have them then it's hard to produce to produce offense and that's why the Yankees kind of need those guys so I kind of wanted uh Max to mention one player in particular uh in double a who has kind of gone off with a slow start Austin Wells got a 724 OPS start of the year um and you know he's obviously revered as one of the more advanced hitters uh in the uh minor leagues you know he's he's got speed at least for a catcher and you know he's got solid contact he's he's a solid contact hitter and he's along with uh some um prominent power as well so you know obviously he's in position to be the Yankees starting catcher over the next couple of years obviously we got Trevino but he's not really signed to a long-term deal so i'm guessing that they're just building that up to for wells so, you know, I, what are your thoughts on, on Wells, at least the start of the year? Well, he missed the first month or so, I think it was, with a, a fractured rib. And that happened during spring training. So he, I looked at this the other day. I think he only played in two, if not one, spring training games, as much as it was his first time at big league camp. So uh, not familiar with his numbers, but he's only played in a couple of games so far after having a like a quick rehab rehab assignment in Tampa, I think it was. But yeah, I, the ideal scenario for the Yankees is that he ends up being their catcher down the road. First round pick, crazy good potential. Obviously, we've seen the power numbers and the offense both in college and, and now in the minors over these last couple of years now. Um, but 
you know, it's early in the year. I think that he'll he'll be able to ease in, and you could certainly see him with with AAA later this year if he's able to make a, a significant jump with with Somerset. But you know, Jason Dominguez doesn't have great numbers in AA right now either, right? So it's these guys are developing, they're evolving on the fly, and you know, Dominguez is another perfect example where you saw the flashes of the reason why this guy's being compared to Hall of Famers, and he's only, you know, I forget how old he is right now, but uh, he, he's very young, right? Yeah, exactly. So he's got so much room to grow, and that's why what he did in spring training was tremendous, but it was also a very small sample. So he's going to go through some growing pains and, and get better. He's got a lot to work on, switch hitter, trying to start to play other positions other than just center field. So the as as uh, Michael Jordan once said, the, the ceiling is the roof. And these, these guys are going to continue to grow. And I think that, you know, you could throw Spencer Jones in there as well. Another top prospect that yeah. in his case, he's been doing remarkably well so far this season. So uh, early in the year, these guys are so young, they're developing. But none of those names that I mentioned are going to be factoring into the Yankees this year. And that's that's another question with this roster. Who really is their depth? Because in AAA, there, there aren't too many guys that are considered, you know, top prospects that are one call away basically at this point so aside from top prospects max you're talking about like you just said how the yankees don't have a lot of depth at least in triple a but are there any names in particular that kind of pop out to you at least in triple a or maybe in double a that could see some time in the majors if you know if, if injuries persist well i think that off the top of my head it it would be randy vasquez because him and burrito were considered the the two arms that we would have probably seen as, as starting pitching depth in terms of who we could see in the majors, man. I mean, uh, Jake Bowers really was, was the the one in AAA that kind of took the fan base by storm and he, he got the call, which shows that the yeah. Yankees are, are paying attention as much as he's obviously not a prospect. I guess Andres Chaparro is also a name that, that has been uh, winning over some fans with, with how well he's been playing, obviously with the, the home run power as well. But you consider him, and, and it, I was thinking about this because we don't know if Peraza is going to go on the injured list after rolling his ankle last night. And if he does, who do you bring up in that situation? Because you're trying to bring up an infielder. Chaparro is a name that I looked at. I was you know, trying to predict what, what hypothetically would happen. But there's no path to playing time in that situation, right? He would just be on the bench. So why bring someone like that up if, they're not going to get a chance to play every single day and continue to develop. That's the situation with Peraza right now too, because he's not playing every day. He's, he's basically a bench guy. So you may, you're, you're more likely to see guys like Franchi Cordero come back up, or maybe even Esteban Florial come back up or Wilmer Defoe is a, a guy who can play all the infield positions and he's a veteran in AAA. So it's a testament to how much talent the Yankees have used shipping those guys away specifically in in pitching because last year at the trade deadline they traded so many top ranked pitchers that's why they don't have a, a surplus of guys to either now use in other trades or now call those guys up so what is the the long-term situation here i'm not sure i i know different places have different rankings for just how good this farm system is and maybe it's a little top heavy with those guys that i mentioned earlier but i think you can see over the course of this year some guys will jockey for position on the you know MLB pipeline, Baseball America, those rankings, maybe uh, you know 
Clayton Beater, the guy that they got back from uh, the Joey Gallo trade, or I'm trying to think of Will Warren. He's another uh, big name who's who's pitched well, another right-hander. So you won't necessarily see those guys in the big leagues. Maybe you will. Maybe they'll make a big jump. But I think that's that's where this upper-level farm system is at right now. Yeah. Um, so I, have, I just have a couple more questions before we end the show. So I think I, I, my my next question for you is, you know, the Yankees are current, cur- giving the given the the current you know the current demographics of AL East, and you know they're obviously in dead last, and everyone's over over five hundred, even the Red Sox, who weren't expected at all given their, uh, I would say. Um, more abundant rotation and they've kind of struggled to put together a solid rotation with sale getting hurt and he's kind of off on the wrong foot. But aside from that point, you know, they're in a tough division. The Orioles are hot. The Rays are the best team in baseball and the Blue Jays being the Blue Jays. So, you know, it's obviously giving me a tough year. And is there a chance that the Yankees can miss the postseason? There's absolutely a chance. Uh, it's, it's the best division in baseball. The, the Rays have been the best team in baseball. Like you said, the Orioles are showing that all those moves they've made over the last few years with their prospects, they're starting to produce at the big league level. I think they're a dangerous team that could go on a run as soon as this year. And Toronto's not going anywhere either. They have a young core of some very dangerous hitters and a pretty uh, pretty talented and reliable pitching staff as well. So do I think they're going to miss the playoffs? I don't. I'm not at that point yet. I think that with the wild card round and as many teams that can get in, uh, we could certainly see a situation where the Yankees, Orioles, Blue Jays, and Rays all make the playoffs. And that would be a testament to just how good this division is. I don't. I think Boston's going to fade over the next couple of months. Um, I think that that's the consensus around the league and, and reporters, fans, everyone kind of sees that team not not competing to the level of, of the other four. But who's going to stay healthy? Who's going to stay hot who's going to get cold as much as the rays have been historically good so far so were the yankees this time last year they had an incredible first half one of the best first halves in franchise history so they ended up falling off and and still made it to win a division title and then go as far into the playoffs as they did but it's a disappointment for them for the rays i don't know what the expectation is they made it to the world series a couple years ago but when you start this hot you're going to buy at the trade deadline you're going to try to make something special happen so it's just unfortunate that the Yankees have dealt with this many injuries. You know, teams deal with injuries, but it's been just a barrage to this point. And that's put them in a, an awkward position, also factoring in the fact that the other teams, their division, are are playing so well. It's like a perfect storm in, in the worst possible way so far. Yeah. So let's say this hypothetically, assuming that the Yankees can remain a couple games, six, seven to, I don't know, six to eight games over 100, at least till the trade deadline. Are there any potential moves that the Yankees can make? You know, obviously last year Torres was a big uh, name out there. He's, he was like kind of involved in a lot of hypothetical trades. Obviously, they try to get Pablo Lopez over uh, in, in exchange for uh, Torres and a few other a few other, a few other prospects, or um, you know, a few other names or players, something like that, whatever. So, or will it be the Yankees buy? Or you know, maybe obviously with Brian Reynolds signing that big deal. He's kind of out, out of the picture. So is there any, is are there any trade pieces for the Yankees or will it just be, you know, trying to 
pursue infielders to kind of bolster their depth? Yeah, I haven't looked that far ahead in terms of who else might be out there. And I think it depends on which teams trail off and decide to sell at that point. Because remember, with the wild card rounds, you know, you could have a bad first half and still not completely blow up your roster because there's still a chance that you could make it. And what the Phillies did last year, all you need to do is make it to the dance and you can go all the way. You don't have to win 95 to 100 games. You can win 87. So I'm not sure who they would target. I think Reynolds and and Ian Happ as well were were big names that that I think the organization they coveted as as left field possibilities for them. But both those guys signed extensions with their respective teams. So uh, they're they're basically off the table. I think that you consider a, a left fielder it just trying to consider what they would do with the deadline. You look at left field, you look at adding another starting pitcher if Rodon is still unhealthy because uh, Montas won't be ready at that point. And you're never really sure if Severino can stay on the field. He's obviously going to try to when he comes back from this, uh, probably within the next couple of weeks. And the bullpen, you can never have too many too many arms, too many guys that you can trust in high leverage because is is the success that they're having out there completely sustainable across the board? Is Ian Hamilton really a 1-5 ERA type of pitcher? Maybe things are going to even out and, and regress over the course of the year. Or maybe he is that that guy for them this year that that has totally figured it out and is just baffling other hitters. So uh, you can you can really consider upgrading every part of the roster and you see who's, who's unhealthy at that point and you make those decisions. But again, and, and this has been a trend for us today, they don't necessarily have the depth within the organization to go all in. And it would be even more of a sacrifice than it was uh, last summer when they traded all those guys, because they did make those decisions. And a lot of those trades didn't work out because hindsight is, is 2020. So I'm, I'm personally very intrigued to see what they end up doing because you have to balance wanting to win right now in the prime years of Judge, Cole, Stanton. You're paying those guys so much money, you want to win while they're this age and still producing at a high level. But you also have to consider the the long-term implications of, of having the payroll this high and your farm system still needing to hold on to certain players. Like you trade away Dominguez and that's your, your center fielder of the future, right? So you got to make those decisions and, and be careful while still being aggressive because it is the Yankees and they do have the talent around those players that they would conceivably bring in to uh, to win a title. They just got to get healthy. So one, one more question before we wrap us up. Uh, probably the most controversial question that Max, I'm sure you get all the time. So I, I know it's a little far ahead and, you know, it, it has been a discussion of many. I'm sure you've brought it up in one of your articles, I'm guessing. Um, you know, obviously Boone and Cashman. And, you know, they've kind of been – uh, I, I guess borderline uh, for Yankees fans. And at, at the game last night, um, Yankees fans were <laughs> chanting fire boon right where I was sitting. And honestly, I, I did join with them <laughs> because when they, when they took out, uh, who was it? Marinaccio. Oh uh, yeah. When they took out Marinaccio, I was like, I mean, I, he did, he did pitch back to back nights and that, that is viable, but still I, I felt that obviously it was, wrong. It was a interesting move, but, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that although the Yankees, the Yankees did sign Boone to that deal, he's to the three-year deal, and but Yankee fans are not – Cashman and Boone are not favor names right now 
uh, for fans and I guess overall the Yankees organization, not the organization, but at least for fans. And from our perspective, it's, you know, things are just not going well. And, you know, Cashman did spend the offseason target, targeting, you know, getting their offense together and kind of getting looking for pushing pieces, offense, you know, the infield outfielders, but that kind of transferred to pitching and they, they invested in Rodon and they invested in a couple of bullpen arms and obviously extended judge. So is there a chance or do you think that it's time for maybe Boone and Cashman to, you know, maybe it's time to clean house the front office? I, I, I don't think that, we're anywhere near that point in terms of cleaning house. Like you said, both of those guys just signed new deals. They're, they're under contract for the next several years. So it's clear that the organization is, is viewing them highly. And that's obviously from the top down with, with Hal Steinbrenner and his, his uh, right-hand men and, and women at the very top, you know, obviously the, the way that this team has performed to begin the year and the World Series drought, all of it, it's its not the standard. And in this market, 13 years without a World Series is far too long, right? But also the Yankees are over 500, having winning seasons every year. They make the playoffs every year. It's its easy to, from my shoes as a you know unbiased, not a fan of the team, just viewing it from, from a reporter's standpoint, like they, they are doing a good job in, in more ways than one. Now, obviously, the someone has to take the blame if, if you're continually not making the World Series. And, and that's that's the issue. And I think that's where the frustration from the fan base stems from. But in this case, their record is is a clear correlation to the injuries that they've suffered so far. And the reason they came up short last year was the injuries that they suffered at the end of the year. So is that a strength and conditioning staff problem? Is it the Yankees targeting the wrong players when they're making trades and signing players? Is it just bad luck across the board. I think it's early to, to make those determinations this year. But when we're asking Cashman about that yesterday, he's, he's saying that no one should really take the blame. It's, it's just not a good situation. And I think that from what I've heard, the strength and conditioning staff is, is viewed highly. They're doing all their due diligence with all of these guys, as much as a Rodon and a Montas, like they have injury history in the past. They're not trading for guys that are currently hurt. Bader was a, a unique circumstance because you knew he was going to come back from that injury and his foot hasn't bothered him at all. So, you know, we could talk about this for hours, right? The the bottom line is that the Yankees aren't winning championships and that's what the expectation is from the Steinbrenner family all the way down to the Yankee fan that you're going to see in the grandstands. But there are other reasons for why it hasn't happened. So I'm not sure. I'll, I'll close with this. Like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Right. If you do fire Boone and you do fire Cashman, you're not sure as a fan base who's going to be brought in and what that's going to right. mean. If if Boone is a clubhouse guy and yes, he makes some controversial moves, how much of it is the analytics department telling him and, and the coaching staff what they want? So are they at fault? Is it Boone's fault? Is he making the wrong decisions? Yeah, sometimes. But all managers make the, the wrong decisions and sometimes the right decisions. It, it's like a it's like a ladder, right? Some of the players aren't playing well, so they have to take the fault. Above them, maybe Boone isn't making all of the right decisions, so he has to take some of the blame. But maybe Boone isn't working with the best possible roster, so whose fault is that? It's Cashman and his staff for the construction that they've built over the last few years. 
but maybe they haven't spent as much money or made certain moves that they wanted to. So whose fault is that? It's it's Steinbrenner and, and the people above Cashman. So really, it's it for this organization, it's a failure when they don't win the World Series. But it's easier said than done, right? I mean, it's 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 yeah. hard to win a championship these days. It's not the dynasty that that it once was for this team. So we'll see if they can get it done. I think maybe that's more of a conversation for if things really unravel and they're they're so far out of postseason contention that that some sort of firing needs to happen to to set a, a precedent like they did a couple years ago when they fired the hitting coaches and and they moved on from you know Larry Rothschild a couple years before that like they they've made changes as I understand where the frustration stems from I know I've talked for several minutes now about this but it, <laughs> I I get that the fan base Good. is so passionate because they want this team to win and Quite frankly, they deserve it. It's the Yankees. Like that's that's the the standard for them to be contending for championships, especially when you have guys like Judge, guys like Stanton, guys like Cole on on your roster. This is their window, right? But you got to be careful with the decisions that you make, thinking of long term. And man, I mean, the injuries. It, it all comes back to that, right? Because you can build the best possible forty man roster, but if your active roster is missing so many superstar players it's hard to blame Aaron Boone for that. You know what I mean? So yeah. we'll see what happens, man. Yeah. I mean, Yankees fans are always going to be, you know, they're one of the most aggressive fan bases in the world. And like Miles Straw put it, they're, he, I mean, he called them the worst fan base in baseball because they, you know, they trash and you know, they, they, they're they the big talkers. And, you know, it's, they have, as you said, Max, they have high expectations. And as a Yankee fan myself, as a huge Yankee fan, um, you know, like you said, Max is long season, and there's a lot of there's a lot of aspects that go into it, and there's a lot of things to consider when you know when considering Cashman and Boone. But I, and I just want to see wins uh, in the win column. But you know, it's like you said, it's Max Goodman. Uh, as I said before, guys. Um, again, it was a huge uh, privilege to have Max Goodman on from NJ.com. Uh, Max, I, w- I wish you luck for the long season ahead. I'm sure you have a busy schedule, and I really want to thank you time. Thank you for taking time every day. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I, I think it will be more of a a fun season for for you and the rest of the fan base over the next couple of months. Got to get healthy, and uh, got to contend with some some big boys in the division, right? So we'll see how they do this weekend against Tampa. That's that's their big first test. But thank you for having me, and have a good rest of your weekend, guys. Make sure to check out this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and YouTube. M- make sure to check out Max and all of his work on NJ.com. Follow him on Twitter and follow all of his work throughout the year. Again, thank you, Max, for joining us, and I hope you guys enjoy the weekend.